You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Vision's Twitter Spaces. The Learning Revolution Real Vision Academy. I know people are still coming into this room uh, and the conversations to continue to expand, but I wanted to get started uh, since we're about a minute late here. Um, first of all, I wanted to say I'm really excited to host this conversation. I believe this may be the largest number of uh, senior people from Real Vision ever in a Twitter spaces. Uh, we have with us, of course, our CEO and co-founder, Rao. We have Damien. We have George. Uh, we have Maggie. So lots of folks here to talk. Um, I want to bring Raul up on the stage. Uh, looks like Raul's already a speaker. Excellent. So, so Raul, I'm really excited about this because it it it's something that I, education is something that I'm of course incredibly passionate about. Uh, it's a really interesting project for me because you know Real Vision is a is a very big ship now, um, and it's not something that I actually worked on. I'm actually taking the class, so I am a humble learner uh, like everyone else, and I'm really interested, Raul, to hear a little bit about the background and the context for how you conceived of this at the big picture level. You know, when we started Real Vision, we, we knew that what we wanted to do was democratize the very best financial information, the same access to information that I got running a hedge fund or being a Goldman Sachs, and give that to everybody because that was part of what the financial crisis was about, the European crisis, is people were kept in the dark and fed shit by the media, the financial system, yet the people on the inside knew what was going on. So that's when Damien and myself, uh, Grant and Remy started Real Vision was based on this premise. But always within that is, you know, we need to also educate people because they're just never given the tools. You know, I was lucky. I was at Goldman. I was at various banks. I got taught by people. I got mentored by the, some of the world's most famous investors. I had all of the stuff. Everybody else is just kind of thrown in on YouTube or Twitter or wherever it is, and they have to try and figure it out. And it's just not fair. And a part of this education journey was back in 2008, an old colleague of mine from Goldman Sachs, Lex Van Dam, he used to run equity prop trading, and I ran the hedge fund sales business, and we sat opposite each other, and we were good friends. Um, he was a Dutchman, and I'm half Dutch, and we used to chat all the time. Then we both moved to GLG Partners, this massive hedge fund firm in London. He ran the European long short portfolio and I ran the Global Macro Fund. And we were remained firm friends and were always talking and chatting markets and everything else. After we both left GLG, he went to work for a giant family office um, and I moved to Spain and started writing Global Macro Investor. And he reached out to me and said, Raul, I've got an idea. I've been commissioned by the BBC to create a show where I'm putting up a million dollars of my own money and we're going to train ordinary people to become hedge fund managers, and we're going to film it all. He said, will you help? I said, sure. What do you want from me? He goes, can you design the training program? I said, absolutely. So we got together, and another guy called Anton Creel, and created this show. Now, my, all of my hard work amounted to me being two minutes on camera, which Damien finds hilarious to this day. <laughs> and, and, um, I, but the show went really well. And it was in the middle of, it was the quiet period in the financial crisis where everything blew up. And, I, and really interesting teaching ordinary people to come investors. 
And the hypothesis was anybody can be a hedge fund manager. It's just the tools, the access to information mm. and how to use that information. And that stuck with me for a long time. And I eventually reached out to Lex, who built a course, um, which is the Lex Van Dam Academy. And he's a typical trader. He's an amazing trader, awful salesman. And so he built this course and we tested it out on, on some real vision people who loved it. And I said, Let, Lex, let's buy this course off you and we can retool it and create something truly extraordinary. And so that was the start of this journey because we knew we had to do it. And that was a bloody big undertaking. It's been about two years of work, maybe two and a half years of work to get to this, to get from Lex's course, which was partly around what I designed at the BBC, um, to what we've done today with the work of George and Damien and Maggie and so many other people has been right. unbelievable. And the idea is at top level is we are every single person, however experienced you are in financial markets is learning every day. Mm. That is the reason why financial Twitter exists. I'm on it all day because I'm learning. Oh, what does that mean? What news flow? What does he think? What does she think? How does this work? Right. And we're asking questions. We're testing our own hypotheses. And so everybody is learning, but not everybody has the skills or the experience of being like me, 32 years in financial markets. So if we can create that and weave it into the content at Real Vision, which is the world's most famous investors, analysts, strategists, all talking about how they see the world, how they're analyzing the events current events or future events and how it all maps together well that's amazing but most people don't have the skills to put that all together and turn it into actionable advice so what happens people tend to say hey listen can you give me a trade idea out of this and it's like no no no. what we need to teach you is how to do the same how to be that investor and that's what the course does and it weaves our content with learning seamlessly in this applied way so it's not a course with some bloke in a tie um you know, and an awful acrylic shirt telling you how you should use a efficient portfolio theory. It's applied by real practitioners, by the best of the best, and then using the Real Vision back catalogue to help show how these experts do it. And, it. and then at the same time, you get all of the current content to build on your framework and understanding of what's going on now and where the things, how everybody else is thinking. So it's literally groundbreaking. Nothing like this has ever been done before. Yeah. Raul, you mentioned Damien. Damien Horner, one of our co-founders who's joining us on this Twitter Spaces. I believe it's the first Twitter Spaces I've ever been with Damien. Very it's unlucky. unlucky. He's probably drunk. It's 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well. <laughs> Damien, jump in. We, you know, Tell us a yeah. little bit. Because you, you, know, you and Raul, I think, of, uh, as the creative heart of Real Vision and the very different perspectives, backgrounds context that you bring to this tell us a little bit about your background in your life and how you guys came to be doing this by way of introduction so hi uh, so i'm yeah i'm not a finance guy at all um my background is psychology and advertising i was working as a marketing strategist and met up with raul while we were living in spain we used to meet up at rosita's tapas bar and um when we weren't running the bulls or um you know chatting over wine we, we would talk about what we were each doing in our in our worlds and you know for me finance was an extraordinary black hole in that i know it's important or i knew it's important i just didn't understand it and i think one of the 
that's kind of stuck with me for a long time and still does shape the way I think about how we communicate on Real Vision. Because I think one of the problems with finance is if you don't get a job in a big bank or at a big hedge fund, if you're just uh, an ordinary person who is, who is trading and investing and learning how to manage their money, where on earth do you learn? Most people learn by making mistakes and, and losing money. Or they learn by signing up to some crappy newsletter that promises to make you money, but actually ends up taking your money. Or you kind of listen to people or, or you watch people or listen to people or read about people on Twitter. But again, you're kind of at the periphery. You're trying to piece together the jigsaw without really understanding all the component parts. And that, for me, I, I, I'm very familiar with that feeling of being on the outside of finance and unlike Raoul, who you know grew up in that world, as he said, for 32 years, yeah. we really realize, we recognize that there's a massive need for what well, you know direct education, like really breaking it down and helping people understand. I think one of the great things about Real Vision is it it puts in front of you the thinking and the ideas and the analysis and insights of some extraordinary, extraordinary investors and brilliant thinkers. But you still often need to take a step back and think, OK, I, I kind of understand the principle of what they're saying, but I need help understanding the, the practicalities or how to apply it or, or what the knock-on effect is. And that's what we're trying to do with the Academy. And, and also, um, Ash, a really important thing is this is not a product. No. This is a whole new way that we're, we're going to create for Real Vision where we're going to give you all of the tools that you need to succeed. This is just a start of a journey. And it's all going to be woven into a seamless platform experience that's coming. And it's really important for people not to think, oh, it's an education course. No, it's not. It is a platform that you come to where wherever you're, you are in your learning journey, you're going to come away with more knowledge. Right. And it's going to make you more confident in how you manage your investments. And that's what we're all looking for. Whether you're a hedge fund manager on Twitter looking for ideas or you're a beginner going through YouTube looking for somebody to explain what a yield curve means, it's all about giving us more confidence. And that's what we're trying to build here is the ability to be a more confident investor so you can get things, the risk reward in your favor over time. And so this is just a part of a much bigger journey that Real Vision is about to go through. I think that's a really very, very fundamentally important uh, aspect of this i think for both raul and i which is that it's very easy to think of of it as a product or think of real vision as a video channel and actually if you step back a bit what real vision is all about is trying to give you the tools to make you a better investor and sometimes that's watching people sometimes it's listening to podcasts it's um it's getting insights analysis but what the all the academy does is it's the most pointed part of that journey is the most direct aspect of that educational process. But, but all of what Real Vision is doing and is moving towards is about giving you the tools that you need in order to be more confident, more aware, and, and frankly, better at, at managing your money. And built around the, the aspect of community, which is something you'll hear huge. a lot more from us. We've got a huge community as it is, but the community and what we're going to do for the community and how we're going to unleash the community, both in Web3 world and just in all sorts of extraordinary ways. This is really a platform for the community and everything I mean, else is part of it, is a benefit he, of that community or that network state. 
and even this is part of that. I think one of the things, you know, going back to my world of brands and strategy is that brands used to used to communicate as a monologue. You know, they do an advertising campaign or they run a billboard and it's very much um, this is what we are saying to you. And there was no feedback loop from the audience or from the consumer. Right. Modern society is very much a dialogue between brands and audiences. And that's something that we massively want to embrace and, much more. And the other thing I want to slightly rant over is it really <laughs> pisses me off. Who is That's educated. a long list, Ralph. There's a long list of things that piss you off. What, what, what's yes. at the top? What, aside from you um, is the, and the fact that you're going to Spain next week um, yes. or in two weeks is the, is, um, is the fact who provides, provides trading education currently. Yes. People are paying three and a half thousand dollars for some person who worked in a boiler room selling penny stocks saying, I'm going to make you rich. Or they're learning from somebody on YouTube who has no career or any success. It's terrible that this is what, how the state of education, or it's a university lecturer who has no clue. I mean, they don't spit teach technical analysis at university, mm. yet almost everybody uses it. So it, this has to stop. And that's, that's the kind of line in the sand that we wanted to draw is like, if you're going to learn, learn from the best in the world. Right. I was really lucky. When I was at Goldman Sachs as a salesman, my customers were Paul Tudor Jones, Stan Druckermiller, George Soros, you name it. I get to see all of their trades, what they were doing. I chat to them about markets. I got to learn from the best. I thought if I can do that, I can give it back to everybody else in the same way. And that's not from me telling them. It's by bringing all these amazing people onto the platform. Rao, that's such a key point, particularly around yeah. community. I, I know, I mean, listening uh, to you talk about this, I think I realized how lucky I was to you know, sneak in the back door at Credit Suisse when I was in my 20s. And you just absorb it by being around people who are passionate about it, which is something that is a recurring theme at Real Vision, uh, not just among us who are you know, there internally at Real Vision, but also among the entire community of people who we have on social media, on the Real Vision platform, on our internal social media network, the exchange, all of these thoughts, which brings me to this question, Damien. Oh, hold on, Ash. No, one more thing I just Go want ahead. to point out is we had a very other, very strong opinion, which was that we did not want to sell this as a product. And we talked a bit about that. What does that mean? So what it means is anybody who's a Real Vision Plus or above member gets it for three for free it's a three and a half thousand dollar product that's free with their membership because it's not a product it's just an improvement on the existing membership product what we want to be doing is ever increasing value within membership tiers by rolling out these new experiences so the traditional way would have been let's just charge everybody three and a half thousand dollars for this amazing education product look how much money we can make the longer game is Let's give it to people and massively increase the value because then we can help change more people's lives at scale. That's, that was a really big factor for us. Yeah, that's very important. So, Damien, let me yeah. ask you this, and this is such a great Damien question. How do you think about the experience, the experience of what this is like for, the, for people who are using it and for people who are experiencing it? How did you think about that? What guided the decision making and what ultimately was the result of that process? 
So the, the hardest thing about this is that um, it's very easy to think of people as being inexperienced investors or experienced investors. Um, and one of the things we found was that um, although the inexperienced level, you know, there is quite a lot of parity um, in that, you know, there's a lot of unknown. But people start to um, get to know and dive into very specific areas that they feel comfortable with. It might be in commodities, it might be in FX, it might be in whatever. It doesn't actually matter. But what people do very quickly is they find an area that they're comfortable with and they go deeper into that area. So as they become, quote unquote, more sophisticated investors, what they're actually doing is going deep but narrow. So people understand, particularly um, as, as they go on in their investing journey, they get very good in very narrow areas and they get incredibly good in one specific aspect of the investing kind of universe, but they know sod all about the other areas. And that makes it very hard for them to really understand the big picture. And so it, one of the first things we, we thought we had to find a way of leveling out that playing field so that um, it wasn't just uh, being binary about uh, inexperienced investors versus experienced. It was recognizing that people are at very different levels. So you might be a very experienced person in one area and very inexperienced in another. So we have, to, we have to kind of find ways to level that out. The other thing is to understand that this is really complex stuff and you've got to find a way to make it accessible without trivializing it, without dumbing it down. And without going too complex and getting in the weeds, and that balancing act was really, really hard to get to get right. I mean, we spent we've probably spent two to three years working on this kind of the details of this content, and certainly the last nine months in great, great detail. And we filmed things, and then we've refilmed things, and we've written things, and we've rewritten them. You know, a lot of pain has gone into this because one of the things that um, I find very, very important for me anyway, is that um, you don't want to feel stupid when you're learning. You right. want to feel um, excited by it. You want to feel inspired by it. But the last thing you want to do is feel stupid. And so uh, we worked really hard at kind of handholding and helping people understand the salient points um, along the journey. One of the, and Ash, you know this story, and I'm going to bore you with it again. But one of the things, you know, my dad's a painter, and he talks about, uh, you know, you go and look at a painting with my dad, and you look at it, I don't know, let's say it's a Monet or something, and in an art gallery, and I'll look at it, and we'll both look at it and talk about it. And then he'll say, look at that, look at the light coming in through that window. And you look at the light, and he says, it's beautiful, isn't it? And he says, have you noticed the green in that light? And I look at the light coming through the window, shit, there's, there's green paint. But I'm thinking of painting light. I'm thinking of yellow and white and gold. I don't think of green. And he talks about that and how it works. And he makes me look at the same painting at a whole other level. I get so much more out of it because as an expert, he's been able to show me something that although it was right there in front of me, I couldn't see it myself. And that for me is one of the things we try to do with the Academy is not just... Um, content in front of people but really help them extract the most juice from that content and the deeper understanding of what it means so that they learn to look for those kinds of things themselves in the future
Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating metaphor. By the way, talking about this journey, uh, someone who has been at Real Vision for a very long time, I wanted to bring George up on the stage uh, because George has been part of this process, creating this uh, project from the very beginning, from the very inception, has been incredibly passionate about it. George, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Real Vision uh, and how you got involved in this process. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm finally going to be uh, caught in front of a lot of people. <laughs> I actually don't know what I do this for. <laughs> Here we are, five years later. Uh, what do I do? I focus on different projects and start them and then just complete them and deliver them. And the, last, the latest one was this, you know, the Real Vision Academy, the big Real, the Real Investing course. That project started 18 months ago. And, you know, we worked across the firm with Damien, his team, and designers, engineers, just to, from start to finish, just to, to deliver that, essentially. Well, George, I uh, think of much of what you do is like the skunk works of Real Vision. As you said, you've been involved in a lot of projects, but there are very few that I've seen you have this much passion for. Tell us a little bit about what the driver is for the passion for the learning experience. Well, I can connect the stories. So Raul was just talking about like 20, uh, 2008, the financial crisis kind of coming out of that, moving to, you know, being in Spain, teaching people and kind of not really understanding why people don't have access to that information and trying to change that. Well, I was on the other side, actually trying to educate myself. I graduated in 2010. Uh, well, I, I no, sorry. I, I went in, in, into university 2010, graduated 2013. I really was desperate to work at a hedge fund or at a bank. I was in the wrong degree and I just was looking for ways to kind of educate myself uh, into investing markets just to get into that. That's how I kind of found out about Real Vision in 2014. That's where the journey started. And it was, you know, I signed up for the CFA, past level one, past level two, all of it kind of on the side as I'm studying for my official degree or as I am doing work, you know, I'd be, uh, I was a consultant and I'd be having lunch every day and waiting for the next Real Vision interview just so I see who's, who's on, right? And I was using that as a springboard of, okay, they're talking about this today. I have my CFA books on the side. I have Google on the other side. And I'm just kind of going through this journey of learning. I mean, I'll never forget there was a, interview with i think ben melkman on options i think 2017 early 2017 just before they hired me i must have spent five hours on that interview and that interview was one hour long so i was pausing every three minutes googling something going back to my books just to figure it out and that's somebody that was fucking obsessed with the topic so when you start kind of breaking this down you start to understand that for normal people that have other jobs, that have other responsibilities, right. to really to really understand all of these topics that are very complex and nuanced, and for uh, you know different incentives and different perverse incentives, institutions don't really uh, need to explain them in simple terms, so they use those you know sophisticated uh, words that then you know remembering the big short they had to use naked Margot Robbie to break them down with, uh, you know, with champagne on screen. Yes. Um, 
So, which, which sadly we haven't got in our academy, I'm afraid. I've been begging Roger. I've been begging him. We are yet to get <laughs> to get him to do that. But you know, Roger in a bubble bath. Version. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, I kind of went from ground zero and went through that path over the last ten years. So when we right. started working on this, I had gone through all of the, all, all of that content already i had taken lex's course back in 2013 i had taken anton's course and a bunch of other courses on the topic essentially top-down macro investing and i kind of knew the the lay of the land and i knew that that sort of teaching is just not going to work with our with the audience we want to reach and our audience you know that is going to work with a young and hungry 22 year old uh somebody who wants to work at a hedge fund or a bank wants to dive, build their own spreadsheets, all of this, but that's just not going to work with somebody that's, you know, in a different career, building a family and, and just kind of going their own way. One of the many things you and I share in common is that we've both been real vision subscribers. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so have been like, I I think 50% of staff across many years. Right. One of the wonder, one of the things that makes uh, Real Vision, Real Vision. Um, talking of which, George, precisely to that point, Real Vision staff. I noticed we've got a lot of our team here. Maggie Lake, uh, it looks like, is uh, a speaker on this conversation, and I'd love to hear Maggie, uh, if you can hear me, what your involvement has been on this project. Um, I've been delighted to see you in the videos as I've started the course myself. Uh, tell us a little bit, Maggie, if you would, about what you're doing with Real Vision Academy. Yeah. Hey, everyone. So sorry to disappoint. No Margot Robbie, but um, uh, it was it was fantastic. So if anyone's watched part of it, I'm I'm in the smoky cinema. I don't know why I wasn't in the pub with the beer. I will I will torture Damien for an answer on that later <laughs> and, and might solicit that for the next round. But I, one of the things that so that that I think is so fun about this. So we're in a cinema. We're in a pub where this is. I think really engaging in a way that is going to be helpful to a lot of people because I mean, I'm a working mom. There's a lot of information I, I need, I want, there's a lot of learning I want to do. Um, I think a lot of us are in that situation and it's just so boring that you find an excuse not to do it. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. And the, the thing I love about this format that you all created is that it is, there's something very connected to the real world about it. So whether we're listening in on Roger, Jamie, and James in the pub or cutting to an interview where a fund manager is talking about a real-life situation, we are toggling between the concepts and the real world just connects to people in a way that just looking at charts and hearing someone sort of drone on about the concepts just doesn't. It never has. I mean, you have to sort of understand the story. And I think especially for people who are trying to sort of do it, put their toe in, whether you're on the crypto side or whether you're investing in, you know, stocks or bonds, you know, it's, it relates to you in a way that, that, anything else doesn't. And I think that's really important. At the end of the day, this is all about stories, right? And so being able to do that and present this in a way that's going to grab people. um, I mean, if I could put it through my teenage test, right? My daughter is constantly complaining if there's financial radio on. This is horrible. This is so boring. They just turn (laughs) off. So, you know, but but listening to it in this way, I think is is really, really going to be helpful for people who just felt left out of the conversation until now. So super excited about that. 
Well, that's exactly right. And it is one of the things that grabs me just as a student of this course is the level of engagement that comes from the story, from the context, from the framework, from the way it's presented, uh, and from just the level of engagement uh, that comes from the people uh, such as yourself, Maggie, who are on camera. It's just been a it's just been a really cool experience. And I'm just, you know, starting to wade in myself and I'm I'm having fun. It's not like anything I've ever done before um, at Real Vision or anywhere else. So it's an exciting I think it's an exciting sort of narrative and experience for the community to have. Ash, I think that's a really important aspect of this, which is that what we didn't want is some gray-haired old white man with PowerPoints taking you through um, financial charts, which is how many, many, many of these of these kind of finance courses, so-called, um, come across. We've broken it down into all sorts of different modules, into bite-sized chunks, into different sections. There's a real journey from one to the other. As Maggie said, we've got people sat in cinemas, we've got people in pubs, there are people just having conversations around a billiard table. It's it, We've tried to make it feel like um, the kinds of conversations that you have when you are trying to learn about something. And um, one of the things that I learned, I did some work with Michelle Thomas, who's a language teacher. And uh, one of the ways in which he taught is he would have two students that you would, you know, you'd be listening on us on a CD back in those days. One of the students was really smart and one of the students wasn't so, wasn't so clever. And, and he would introduce a new phrase, for example, he's a language teacher. And obviously the smart kid always got it and the and the not so smart kid would kind of struggle and ask questions. And it was a very successful format because as a listener, if you if you knew the answer to the question, you felt good. And if you didn't know the answer to the question, you were so relieved that the the not so smart kid didn't understand either and asked a question. It's a bit like when you're in class and the teacher says, Right, did everybody get that? And you're sat there and you don't quite <laughs> think you've understood, but you dared and put your hand up. And then, you know, Jim, right. three, three seats down, put his hand up, says, sorry, miss, I don't understand. And you think, oh, thank God for Jim. Thank God, right. because I didn't dare. And there's something very valuable about um, asking silly questions or not being the smartest person in the room if you're trying to learn. So we've deliberately yeah. structured it so that um, at different parts those silly questions are asked and those kind of please explain that again in, in, in English for me type questions are very much part of the narrative yeah. so that you get you're carried along with it as the audience. Yes, absolutely. Damien, if I start dyeing my temples, will you will you let me out of my room with the with the file cabinets? Can I work in the cinema too? <laughs> we'll have to work. Must, yeah, well, step by step, Ash, step by step. <laughs> Let's not run before we can walk. <laughs> Raul, I have to ask, as you're, as you're sitting here listening to this conversation and you're hearing members of the Real Vision team weigh in with their own experience, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your reactions? You know, learning is a really personal thing. And we all go through it in different ways. And we're all good at some things and not at others. And Damien was dead right. It, it, we, you have to think of everybody if you want to develop something that is useful to everybody. Because if not, you're just design, designing it for one type of person. You know, for me, the big unlock, which taught me everything, was the ability to use charts. I'm a really visual person. Right. And until I saw charts, when I first turned up in a dealing room and I saw all these prices on a screen, I was like, what the hell is all of this? And then all these people cheering over German economic data, shouting about buns. I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I, 
I had learned technical analysis and I got a charting tool. I asked for it. I said, listen, I can't do this without seeing a chart. And then suddenly the whole world opened up and I could understand what was going on. And from that, that was my hook. My hook right. was that. And then I happened to have a client who was a macro guy and he caught this massive sell-off in the FTSE. And I was like, why did you do that? Why did you buy these puts? He's like, you know, he's explaining about the macro data and what was going on. And, and I was like, I love this. And that was the start. <laughs> you, you need the hook yeah. because I see it so often. There's so many people come up to me on Twitter or in the comment section on Real Vision. It's like, what do you mean by that? How does that work? Why do you say that? A lot of it is you have to understand there is no actual answer. This is not physics where you do the formula and it comes up, right? This is a dark art. So it's all about probabilistic frameworks and um, where you have to say with all of the information that I've got, I put this all together. I'm going to think that the most likely outcome is X and the market's not pricing it. And that's basically what this course does. Right. It teaches you everything from risk, position sizing, the psychology of investing through to charting, and the other thing that we've not even talked about, it's not just a course. This is an ongoing thing. So every piece of content on Real Vision now now gives you a takeaway of what you're going to get out of it. There's masterclasses. So if you really want to get into the mind of someone like Alex Gurevich, there's a masterclass that teaches you how he thinks. In addition, there's these amazing bite-sized chunks about what is a yield curve, how do Fed funds work, how does volatility work, all of that shit that you kind of hear all the time and you nod your head because you think you know, yeah. or you, you have to pretend you know because you don't want to be the person asking the questions. That's right. all there too. And that's all ongoing. So this is a kind of real living lifetime journey thing. And, you know, I've, I've watched the entire course myself and there's pointers within that. I'm like, yeah, God, I should do that better. Uh, and it just really unlocks it's like clearing the clouds away because I see all the time how many people struggle. It's, you have to train muscles. You know, it's a, real, it's a real journey. It takes hours and hours of work. And what we're trying to do is hack it for people to just help them not make as many mistakes. Raul, you just said something that's so important. The idea that you remember what that feeling was like of being new, of being the young guy in the dealing room. I remember myself feeling like the dumbest guy in the room, like I was the only person who didn't understand how this stuff worked because I didn't major in finance. Uh, when I was working in a bank, I came into it you know, fresh from the outside. And it was very challenging retaining that sort of beginner's mind. Such an incredibly important point. I, in I mean, Ash, the other thing is, you know, I did economics at university and I took all of the courses that were involved in investing and not a single fucking one of them was any use. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> not one, not one single course said the economic cycle goes up and down. In fact, what they do is give you financial modeling, which is a linear way of looking at GDP, which all economists do to this day. That's why the Fed never forecasts recessions. So, all of that was useless. Even the applied economics course were useless. The entire introduction to technical analysis was a comment that said, well, this is a stupid voodoo art and it doesn't make sense to teach it to you at university. Actually, what it is, is behavioral science in graphical form. Right. But these people are so bad at teaching finance that anybody 
who's got kids listening to this, they're going to come out with a degree that's utterly worthless, apart from the fact that they went to a certain university and they got that piece of paper. But all of their learning is not applied. It's not anything to do with how the real world works. Yeah. I mean, so much so that the Masters of Finance course at Cambridge at Judge Business School started using real vision content in their lectures to actually show people what really <laughs> goes on because <laughs> the textbooks don't teach it. People there's, are, a great, you know, there's a great podcast that, uh, that Real Vision does called My Life in Four Trades. And it's basically, as, as it says, you know, name on the tin, it's people talking about the four trades usually a couple that have worked out and a couple that failed miserably that have really helped them learn how to become a better investor. But it's Terrell's point. It's about the real world experiences and those kind of battle scars. And, and it's so much easier to learn from somebody who's done it rather than you losing the money. You know, it's so much easier to see how uh, Paul Tudor Jones or all those all those legends that, that Ral worked with. It's the real world. That's where you really learn about and, finance. Not and I can it. and I can see it from the kind of reply guys on Twitter. They anchor onto small bits of information that they think they know, and they can't hold two opposing thoughts in their head, which is what financial markets are all about. Right. They can't say, "I think I know this, but I'm not sure," and that's a function of not knowing enough, right? It's that learning curve where you think in the beginning, you know nothing. Then you learn a bit and you think you know everything. And then you realize you know nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And once you know nothing at all, but you have the toolkit to understand how to fit this all together, then the world opens up to you. Then investment success is much easier. And again, nobody is saying here, take this course and become a gazillionaire. Nobody's saying, you will have a hit rate of 70%. None of that's true. You are the battle with your own psychology. You will make colossal errors. You will get trades wrong. And the probability still might have been right. If there's a 70% chance that you think it's going to happen and a 30% chance that it's not, and it, the trade doesn't work out, doesn't mean all your work was wrong. The probabilities played out and the 30% worked. But you need to learn from it. How could I have done that better? How could I have sized the trade better? How could I have got a better stop loss? All of these things will just make people better over time. And that's it just you allows you to be more independent. You know, there's so much information that's coming your way and you can just, you, you cannot wait for some, anybody else to call you and say, oh, you need to yeah. sell this. It's, that's never going to happen, right? You, you need to be able to make decisions on your own. And also, great? that's really important. Sorry, oh. just a quick thing with, yeah. there's so many, there's probably 30 40 million new investors came into the market just in the US alone uh, between crypto and Robinhood and all of that sort of stuff since 2020. And everybody's learning, trying, losing, winning. But all of those people, we can hack 30 years of experience <laughs> just by just get, getting the education from the people who've done it successfully yeah. and listening. Yeah. Let me just tell people what this includes, by the way, uh, for, particularly for people who are just joining this Twitter space is already in progress. Uh, this includes the Real Vision investing course, the technical trading course with Dave Floyd, who I've interviewed many times, who's a fantastic guest, uh, the trading strategy course with Peter Brandt, and the soon-to-be-released DeMarc Indicators yeah, course. Yeah, this is a big one for me, right? Yeah, so with, Tom I, DeMarc, with Tom DeMarc himself, we should I, say. I was right. on the trading 
you know, I was running the hedge fund at GLG and I've been always into technical analysis and I'd have my set of indicators. I was using stochastics, RSIs. Some bloke had this weird chart with a bunch of numbers. I'm like, what the hell is this? He goes, this is amazing. And it was DMARC. And so I got to learn it. And it's like, I now can't look at a chart without using DMARC indicators. It became so powerful yeah. to me. And then I found out, not only that, but Steve Cohen tried to buy the rights to everything Tom does because Steve used it. And Steve is one of the best traders of all time and still uses it to this day, all day, every day. And Tom speaks to him on the phone like 10 times a day. I didn't then know I found, Then I found out John Burbank and Stevie Cohen, because John used it like me. And John's a good friend of mine. John's like, well, I can't survive without this. So they invested in Tom's business because they were like, we need to be part of this because the DMARC indicators are so powerful. Um, I, I, I cannot stress how good it is. And, um, and then Tom doesn't do stuff like this. Tom is a very kind of private guy. He does a couple of TV appearances. Nobody really understands what he's talking about. But by John Burbank, who introduced me, um, and Tom realized that I was a you know, huge fan and a big user, um, and from all of the references from the other people, um, Tom's like, you know what? Let's do a course. And it's, it's amazing. Nobody's ever had anything like this before. That's a, it's a killer, killer. Let's go to Maggie Lake really quick. I know Maggie has something she wants to add. Yeah, I, I just wanted to pick up on something Raul just said about so many new people in the market, you know, over the last couple of years. And there's all the amazing stuff with the technicals that he was talking about. But there's also some really important uh, parts of the course that deal with the mental aspect of trading. And I think that's so important right now because it's been a really hard year for a lot of people, whether you're in crypto or on the macro side. I mean, we've seen what's happened in bonds. And you've got some people, and this happens all the time in my life in four trades too, by the way. It's very philosophical and people are really talking about the kind of connection between their mental state or things that have happened to them and their success in trading or the lessons they've learned. Um, and, and in one of the modules, I think it's your game. Mark Ritchie's talking about the five different types of capital, you know, physical relationships, spiritual capital. There's a great bit where Dan McMurdy's talking to Mike Green about how not taking care of yourself physically and mentally can affect your trading performance. I just think it's it's an amazing sort of holistic approach and it touches on topics that you don't really see people talking about anywhere. And I think it's really, really important. I mean, I, th I found those parts fascinating. I just wanted to flag that, you know, it's not just technical. It's got a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, very well said and important points. Talking of important points, we should also say this is available for Real Vision Plus and above membership, meaning Real Vision Plus, Real Vision Pro. Uh, daily interviews on the Real Vision Plus platform for people who are new to Real Vision with investing pros uh, where you see how everything you've learned is used in the real world. We've got a special offer right now that ends August 7th. If you'd like to learn more, go to the link that is pinned to the tweet at the top of this Twitter spaces right now. By the way, I just saw a really cool tweet uh, from uh, Hello on Twitter. Oh my God, is this free for Real Vision Crypto Pro members? Thank you so much. <laughs> I think that's the point, isn't it? That's the point. We're we're, the, uh, I know it sounds very kind of moralistic and um, kind of odd in today's society, but when we set up Real Vision, when Raul and I were very first talking about it, it really was about trying to help people and 
to to make a difference. And it, it sounds a bit like a crusade, but it honestly felt like that. And this is one of the things that we're most proud of. And don't forget, I mean, Damien and I have a scarring from this because 2008 yeah. was bad in Spain and bad for financial markets and bad everywhere. And then the Spanish didn't recover like the US did. They no. went into a full Eurozone sovereign crisis where all the banking system pretty much failed. Cyprus, all the money was taken out of the bank accounts. Damien had family members in the little local village bank where the bank manager had said, you know, you should put your savings out of this high yield deposit account and put it into preference shares. They give a higher dividend. And then the bank went bust and defaulted on the preference shares because it was lower down the preference stack. And it was staggering. He we did. had so many friends who went bankrupt. Yeah. And, yeah. and I felt powerless that why should I know? I kept trying to tell people, but we couldn't tell people at scale. We couldn't help people at scale. And it was these conversations with Damien around the barbecue in Spain over a few glasses of Rioja. It was like, fuck, we need to do something about this. And, th- you know, this is all part of that journey. And the other, the other thing that, that I think is really important is when somebody's learning about finance, one of the, one of the knee-jerk reactions is just, just give me a good trade idea. You know, people are always saying, give me something actionable. Give me a trade idea. Give me a tip. And that's the, it's kind of the easiest crack hit in finances. I want a bit of that. Just give me some of that. And then, you know, I'll go from there. And, and it, somewhere in the course, somebody says, that's a bit like being in a supermarket, supermarket and going up to somebody and saying, should I buy these beans? And on, I mean, <laughs> why was would I? Ash saying, saying that. Sorry? It was actually Ash saying that at the start. Was it you, Ash? Well, <laughs> yeah. such a brilliant quote. It's so true. I mean, there are so many variables at play and you need to understand at least some of them in order to make an informed decision. And it's kind of the same way with finance and investing. And that's what the course will give you is, is understand at the very least some of those variables. I don't think I actually wrote that. I was just the Muppet who said it on camera. Great, you said it very line. well. You said it's it a great well. line. It's a great concept and, and very, very apt. <laughs> you know, talking of individuals, talking of democratization, there are a lot of hands in the audience. I see that there are a lot of folks who want to get involved in this conversation. So, Raul, while, while we're waiting for more people uh, or for this, this program to allow uh, people to get up on stage, I think we may have a little bit of a glitch happening here because uh, I know that there were raised hands before and they seem to have disappeared on my screen. T- tell us a little bit about what the roadmap looks like for this process going forward. Well, it's an endless roadmap now. So this is not a product launch, as I've said. This is an entirely new Real Vision experience that is coming. And learning is at the core part of it. Giving people knowledge and confidence in their investing lives. So George and his team are going to be rolling out endless improvements on an ongoing basis and additions, taking feedback from the community very closely with the community to say, hey, listen, what do you think we should do? What problems are you having in your learning journey? How do we tweak the content? What explainers do you need? All of this. So there should be, the idea is to have endless releases, endless products and weave everything into the content itself. So it's, it's just part of the experience. It's just a whole new evolution of Real Vision as opposed to being a standalone product. And, mm. and as I said, I've alluded to, and I'm, you know, we're not ready to announce, but there's a whole bunch of things coming. Firstly, there'll be a, a change to some of how the pages, uh, you know, how your viewing experience is. That's a step that's going to roll out in the next month or so. Um, that all the apps are being redone, but they're interim. 
as we actually rebuild our entire platform for a Web3 community-driven, extraordinary kind of consumer experience that's going to make everybody's lives easier. We've got a lot of work to do. Uh, a lot of it's still in conceptual phase, but this is a significant point in where we're going. Right. Let's try and jump to some of our questions uh, while the technology is working. I see people coming up on stage and then like immediately getting bounced off. So we apologize to anyone who's having technical difficulties with this call, but it looks like we've got Mar up here uh, right now. Mar, go ahead with your question, please. Yes, thank you. Um, I have a question regarding your, your academy. Um, regarding... I've been watching you on your real on the free crypto channel and so forth, and you make a lot of sense on regarding how crypto correlates with the stock market and so forth. My my question to you would be: I'm brand new to money markets. That's something I'm trying to research, and I'm very you know with within your academy. And I asked the question in the in the Twitter inbox was: Do you is that something you speak on in your academy? And if do, if you do, do you take payment for that academy through crypto, or is that, or you only take via the different payment rails that are not blockchain? Thank you. That's a great question. I don't, uh, I don't know the answer to it. If uh, payment is accepted for Real Vision and crypto, yeah, no, I, I can talk about that. Uh, Go ahead, George. For the time being, we are just old school U.S. dollars. <laughs> I think that's still works almost everywhere uh crypto not accepted at the moment and as for the rest essentially what we're talking about here is how to invest your money across asset classes we don't across the five core asset classes that being equities bonds currencies commodities and crypto and how they kind of uh what's the relationship between them and being able to navigate across the five of them right so it's not Crypto is not this kind of unique thing that moves on its own. And similarly, you know, equities are not this unique thing that kind of are separate than everything else. So we're talking about the ecosystem and how you can navigate it as opposed to, oh, this is the one asset class and how you can invest in it, if that makes sense. Right. These so, are so you guys don't go into specifics, right? It's just more of a broad case, uh, general look on it. Mark, let me ask you this. When you say money markets, do you mean capital markets more broadly, meaning uh, currencies, commodities, fixed income, and of course, equities? So I don't know that much about this, so I'll be talking out of my ass, and I'm sorry for the language. <laughs> but this is um, is this more of like I see that there's banks that use money markets, and then I use a tonic as a money market. I've been experiencing or experimenting with, with that in the blockchain, and it's just – you know, sometimes what Raul says correlates with what banks do and so forth, back and forth. And it makes so much sense. So I'm just I'm just right. having a feel if this is something that is the same as if it were to say, let's say, a money market, how normal bank uses it. Right. So I just want to know if that's something that you could copy and paste over into the actual with the equities and, and so forth or ETFs. And I actually have the same strategy for crypto that you do and and. Yeah, perhaps so, what I do in the equity markets. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So some of this is about understanding how financial markets work, how things like liquidity and the money system, monetary system works. That's covered in the course. And then there's these lovely explainers, uh, mainly by Jamie McDonald, that goes through each of these and explains how it affects markets and assets. So it's not going to be a one for one, but it's concepts like understanding when liquidity is coming into the system, it's good for things like risk assets, of which crypto is one, 
when liquidity is coming out, there's less money around. So it tends to be bad for assets. And that's all explained. And then it explains how you can use the business cycle in your investing. And then the stuff that I'm talking about that applies to crypto mm. should become much clearer to you. But it's the understanding how money works in the economy and how the business cycle works will give you that insight. I appreciate it. Got you. I'm still trying to learn in this. In this, I'm still young, and hopefully, I get to that aspect that I'm like, all right, it clicks. <laughs> yeah, tr- tr- trust me, my yeah. friend. We're, we're all trying to learn. You know, half of us are trying to get our heads around reverse repo operations, and you know how you know the, all, all sorts of. Things. Everybody's learning something, so don't ever feel like you don't know because nobody knows. Trust me. Absolutely, great question. Mark. We're all on this journey together. Some of us uh, may have started a little bit earlier. Uh, but it's a journey that everyone at Real Vision, I think, is on uh, collectively. By the way, it looks like some of those glitches uh, on Twitter spaces have been solved. So let's get people up right now. It looks like uh, Coach Chad's been waiting for a few moments. Coach Chad, come on up on the stage and uh, please unmute and ask your question. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you uh, very much. Um, Welcome. Hey, first, hey, appreciate it very much. Um First of all, thank you, Raul, Ash, Maggie, Damien, and George for everything you do for the space. Um, you know, I I've just got into investing when I found Bitcoin and blockchain about five years ago. And my question is this, you know, I feel more comfortable in this realm. I always felt like equities and the stock market and bonds was just something that I was never taught um as an investor and not only that it seemed like so incestual to me um and so i don't want to say rigged but you know it felt like it was kind of a good old boys and girls club so my question is i i enjoy the crypto content i feel like i can this is something i could wrap my my head around i could wrap my uh future around um why would i why would I, as someone who feels comfortable in crypto, going? To, I don't want to say against the system, but I feel like the system is more uh, in line with my investing strategies. Why would I want to um, join a more a more structured system such as equities? Um, yeah, and this uh, is down a great, the road. Great this question. Is a great, this is a sorry. This is a great question. The thing is, is crypto and macro are the same thing. You're just using a different instrument. That's what most people in crypto don't understand. This is not. It is a parallel universe being built, but still the macro factors of the economy, inflation, liquidity, they all matter to crypto as much as they matter to the NASDAQ. That's why they've been correlated recently, but they're not always correlated. So unless you understand those principles, you're trading with one eye closed. Secondly, the course itself teaches you risk management, portfolio construction, and um, sizing of trades, and technical analysis. All of those apply to crypto. And in fact, it's a lesson that people are learning the hard way is they don't understand those elements. People get wrecked because they don't understand trade sizing or how to use options to lower your risk or how to use entry and exit points to increase the probabilities. All of that, the, the traditional financial markets have been doing it for 100 years or more. And so what you're doing is you're piggybacking on the learnings that you can apply to crypto 
to put the probabilities of you being right in your investing wildly in your favor versus what you're doing now. That's, that's what's happening here. So forget the fact that you can learn a, a module about equities. If you don't care about equities, you don't have to watch it. But if you don't watch the courses on technical analysis and you don't watch them on trade sizing and you don't watch them on volatility and you don't watch them on, on uh, portfolio construction, you will definitely be trying to trade as I said, with one eye closed and one arm behind your back. Yeah, and, and really important points there, uh, Raul, about the, the sort of the general framework that's so important for everyone to understand, regardless of which assets or asset classes they are interested in. Yes, I mean, a commodity investor trades in the same way. They analyze it differently, but they trade and construct portfolios in exactly the same way a bond trader does, exactly the same way an FX trader from a long-term investor to a short-term, you know, tick chart trader, they're all using the same principles and applying them to different assets. So let's just jump into another question. Uh, we've got one from Moonshot. Moonshot, go ahead and unmute your mic and please ask your question. Hey guys, thank you for taking my question. Uh, my question is more generalized and, and that is, how do financial markets compare now to say 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I know the course, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding that this course uh, was, I don't know how recent it is, but I know, I, if I recall, I heard Raul say that it was uh, a course that was done for the BBC a while back. So really my question is, you know, when we understand financial markets, have they changed in the way we understand them from 10, 20, 30 years ago? Or is essentially the macro picture is always similar and thank you for so, taking my question um so the course has actually just been redeveloped as we speak so it's been done and it's endless so it's coming out all the time with new parts of the course so the course is right up to date the principles of technical analysis the principles of portfolio sizing trade construction the psychology of investing are as valid a hundred years ago as they are today the structure of the business cycle can change by the impacts of things like the Federal Reserve or aging populations and a number of things, but they're also covered in this in thinking about secular frameworks and those things. So all of us in financial markets use a lot of history to understand the present day. So we're referencing, like I'm referencing 1947, 1974, 1980, 1984, 2018, to give me frames of reference to how to understand this. So both history is important, Humans are humans and they repeat the same mistakes endlessly, but there are changes too, which is why it's an endless puzzle that you'll never solve and you solve for short periods of time. So, but the course is absolutely up to date as well. So it's a combination of everything, but the tools that we teach you are the same tools that would have been talked about in the reminiscence of a stock operator by Edwin Lefebvre, whenever that was back in <laughs> 1930. And the other aspect to that is as the course goes on, when things need to be updated or changed, it's, it's structured in a modular way. So they will just be refilmed, recreated and, and, and adapted. So it's always going to be live, as it were. It's, it's always going to be evolving. It's always going to be relevant. That's a fundamental part of this is that it's not something that's done and then left to age on a shelf. It's always kept up to date. Well, that's the, going back to what we were talking about of why this is not a one-off sale and it's more of a membership. 
back in 2015, a lot of companies, including Microsoft and Adobe, they figured out that why the fuck are we doing these massive yearly releases and big sales and big sales teams when why are we not move why don't we move to a subscription model where we just do incremental kind of immediate releases and keep the product fresh and in that case somebody people are not buying this one off huge thing that they use for the next 3 5 years but they are just subscribing to something that continuously is going to be brand new essentially so that's the point here and any other course out there for the most part it's done once and it's you're just buying something stale that was done three five ten years ago whereas this just keeps on kind of evolving as as things move on yeah a really important distinction looks like we're having some glitches again and we're trying to get uh, rick crypto trading hobo uh, and some other folks up on stage, but it looks like uh, there's a little bit of a glitch right now happening in Twitter spaces. Uh, so as soon as we can get you guys up for those questions, we will. It looks like he's connected and Max is connected. Go yeah. ahead. Hi there, everybody. Um, thanks for... Uh, hey, sorry. Did, were, you having, were you having problems getting in? Did you keep... It looked like the, there was a little bit of a challenge with the Twitter software. There was, but I think it was on my end. So uh, all good now. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to take a moment to uh, give Real Vision a public kudos. I've uh, oh. I've kind of leveled up my knowledge of macro, and um, I don't know, understanding like the inner workings of things like the euro dollar system and stuff, and learning like the credible voices in the macro space, so I can understand correlations with crypto, has been just. I can't quantify the value of that. And thank you, you guys. Oh, so nice of you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Max. We really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Uh, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not watching Maggie Lake talk to, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm watching <laughs> at least two hours of your content like daily. And uh, so it, I'm just, I'm blown away by this time we're in. We all kind of see it. that We're in the singularity. And it's wild to me that a hundred years ago, you had to be born into the right family mm -hmm. <laughs> to get access to any of this. And now it's just, yeah. it's democratized for all. And it's just such a wild time to live in. So thank you. You're killing it. Girl. So Max, listen, I want to thank you. Thank you for yes. saying that. We appreciate you being part of the journey. If you hit up the Real Vision guys in, the, in a DM on Twitter, I'll get you sent a t-shirt as well. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Ralph. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, for Thank sure, man. Yeah, thanks again, Max. Really, really great to hear. Um, let's go to the next question. Looks like we've got Rick back uh, back in. Rick, if you can hear me, uh, please unmute mute and go ahead with your question, please. Uh, hello, are you, can you guys hear me? Yeah, Loud hi, Rick. Here. Oh, hi. Uh, thank you uh, for bringing it up uh, to the stage. I'm... Uh, uh, Robert, hi. Uh, I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, I have a I have a question about the uh, the macro economy and the, and the also about the crypto. Um, um, am I um, are we safe to say that uh, we are in a uh, long term uh, uh, sort of slow down cycle for the uh, global economy for the next like five ten years? And um, if that's correct, when you think we're going to see the crypto market de decoupling with uh, uh, decoupling from uh, the the stock market? Great question. Sure, I've, I've covered this a lot on Real Vision. Um, we've always we've been in a long-term secular decline. GDP's been falling in every major uh, developed nation. 
and now including also China. So we're seeing declines in GDP driven by demographics and debt loads. That's been ongoing. So within that, we have the business cycle that drives things. We're currently in the down part of the business cycle and the worst part of the downside of the business cycle. This is when GDP goes negative. We start talking about recessions and those things too shall pass. And recessions are cyclical. They last usually between 12 to 18 months, uh, 12 to 24 months. We're probably six months in somewhere. We haven't officially called a recession, but we can see pretty much from the state of markets and the state of consumer sentiment that we've been in a recession for some time. So then we get to the other side of it. So what happens is in financial markets, the most forward-looking assets, stuff like crypto and growth technology plays, the ones with no cash flows, tend to discount the recession faster. So they collapsed first and they tend to come out of the recession faster and appreciate. And that's driven by the liquidity cycle because when you get to the point where the economy is contracting, the central banks, governments start trying to push money around the financial system to help the economy recover. And what happens is assets tend to forward price this. So I don't buy into the story that this is a long-term depression of endlessly bad stock prices and markets. I don't see that. Um, I don't see the financial conditions in place for that to happen. But I've got no crystal ball and I don't claim to be always right. But probabilistically speaking, I would give a, you know, a five-year recession about a 5% chance. I would give a regular business cycle something like a 70% chance. That helps. Thank you, Rob. Um, wh- one more question. I remember that in one of your interviews, you mentioned in the next 10 years, there will be, you're looking at uh, probably 10, um, 100 times of the uh, growth of the uh, uh, total crypto market cap. Uh, are you still uh, maintaining that optimistic to, uh, of the crypto market? Yeah, I mean, it's been extraordinary. We've just gone through a crypto winter. And what we, unlike 2018 and 2013, we didn't lose as many participants. And what we've seen is ongoing adoption and more scale. So we've actually ended up with more users of active addresses than before. So Ethereum just hit a new high of active addresses. Now, there's less velocity of money. There's less money moving around the system because liquidity is tight. But the adoption effects are still the same. We've currently got about 300 million users. If we continue to extrapolate Metcalfe's law, we end up with something between a billion and 2.6 billion users by 2026. I mean, this is very fast adoption. So the probability of that is the market cap is going to increase significantly as brands, businesses, the financial system, the property system, everybody starts adopting Web3 using blockchain rails and everybody needs to pay for their slot on the blockchain. That's why the tokens go Mm. up. I just noticed, I glanced up at the clock and we're coming up on 10 past the hour. I know it's getting late in Europe. Uh, Raul, Damien, George, Maggie, do you guys have a hard stop or do you have a few more minutes to join us for some more questions? I wanted to give you the opportunity to make some final statements if you have to leave. I'm good. It's 2 a.m. here, but you know. Yeah, listen, times. It, it's, the Real Vision is about the community. That That's what it's all about. So this kind of interaction, these kind of questions and answers is the very essence of what Real Vision stands for. So yeah, I, I'm totally happy to uh, to answer and help and uh, guide people as much as we can. Well, let's keep going. And the different, 
the difference is, is George is about 12 years old and Damien's about 100 years old. So <laughs> Damien's speaking with his nightcap on in bed. And George, George is re- just getting dressed to go to a nightclub. Exactly. I'm in my pyjamas, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go to the next question. Crypto Trading Hobo, uh, what's your question, please? Hi, yes. Um, I just had a question about the course. Um, is is the course like something that expires or is it something that uh, kind of, you know, continues to run? I, I know sometimes when you buy these like online courses, they'll have like a, a limit uh, of access for like a year or something like that. Um, just wanted to ask about that. Great question. As long as you have an active subscription, it's you have access to the course. Uh, you know, if, if your subscription expires, you you lose access to anything real vision george you had the only opportunity to give an easy answer of any of these questions <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget the course keeps growing you know what you get access to over your subscription period grows and grows so we're constantly adding and refreshing as we go along and so and we're... you get all of the real vision content the regular content every day so it's not like it's a course you take the course it's, yeah. it, that's not the concept here. The concept is a lifelong journey okay. to to help you on your journey through understanding. And you'll go back to the course numerous times, consume new mod, mod, modules, but over time, the stabilizers come off and you'll be absorbing the content more and more and more because you'll understand how to interpret it and what to do with it. That's what I'm loving in the feedback so far is people are starting to use the academy to better understand some of the content and and or going to the academy in order to get more out of the content they've they've already seen. So I think that's where it acts like a turbo boost to everything that you already get on Real Vision. Okay, next question. Great, thanks. Uh, let's go to Reese Parkinson. Reese, go ahead, please. Hey guys. Um, first and foremost, I feel like a lot of us, I'm sure, are thinking about getting the course just as a thank you for the value that all of you have offered because Real Vision has just been exceptional. Um, so, so good. So thank you so much for all that you do. Um, my question was for Ralph. Firstly, thanks for getting back to my tweet about potentially coming on the radio show. Um, appreciate that a lot, mate. Um, I really wanted to ask, like I've seen you tweet quite a lot recently about the property market and kind of living in London, um, as you know, is insane for a lot of young people to kind of get on the ladder like a nice area is kind of like a million for like a terrace house um i just wanted to kind of see your opinion and see where you thought kind of things were going because there's a podcast that you was on that really spoke to me when you went you went to spain and you was like i need to get a house out here um so i wondered what you thought was kind of where that's going to go for a lot of young kind of people from 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 britain yeah i mean this is a problem everywhere right now where younger people cannot afford property in places where they want to be. And then 2020 magic happened. Everything changed. Now, if I look at Real Vision, we were all crammed into offices in London, in New York, in Cayman Islands. And now nobody's in the office. Everybody can work from anywhere. And if I look at the employees of Real Vision, look at all the people we've hired over the last couple of years, they're all over the place. In fact, nobody comes into the office. So the opportunity that you get to get back quality of life, because listen, I lived in London and I 
had the expensive apartment and I was at, on the tube at five o'clock in the morning to get to Goldman Sachs and, you know, getting back and it's dark in the morning and dark when you get home and everything's bloody expensive and you're always skint. Been there. <laughs> and it is. And then you move to Spain and I sold my, you know, I was lucky I had a, at the end of it, I had a you know, beautiful flat in Bayswater, you know, decent sized three bedroom flat right near Hyde Park. I sold that and bought a massive house on 10 acres in on the side of a mountain in a national park in Spain um, and, and for the same price. And the quality of life, the cost of living is ridiculously lower. So quality of life was something you had to trade off for your career. And now you don't. So mm. what an extraordinary opportunity. You get to choose to work with any company you want anywhere in the world and live anywhere in the world. This is one of the biggest changes we have seen for people. And if you don't seize it, you're missing out. It really is a major shift in the way the everything about the bargain of work, life, uh, and location has started uh, to shake out in this post-COVID period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Sorry, guys, I'm staying in this dodgy hotel in Manchester for work and the fire alarm's just gone off. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reese, get out, get out safely. Yeah, you're exactly, yourself. You're, you're exactly proving my point. You don't have to be in a dodgy hotel in Manchester <laughs> with your alarm. You could, be, you could be sitting with a glass of um, crispy white wine on your terrace in Spain and uh, your credit card bill to be half as much. <laughs> Oh, I cannot wait for that day. And um, yeah, hopefully see you soon when you're next in London. Uh, appreciate you coming back to my question, mate. Nice one. Fabulous. Thanks, Thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Crypto Mage. Thanks, Ash. Uh, just wanted to say um, hey to the team. Raul, I do follow um, your work. I always tell my friends and my kids that when I grow up, I want to be just like you. So it was a fascinating <laughs> the, um, Real Vision present um, uh this course because now now i do get a chance to learn from people who actually went on uh, along the journey and i get to go along with them and it's in a very relaxed uh way so i'm planning this friday to jump in on the course and um uh my question is do you think it's a good idea to give something like this to your children ah Damien, do you want to answer this one? This is right up your Yes. Seat. You know, the, one, of the, um, one of the drivers for this was that my son, Noah, um, you know, he's known Raoul since he was two years old. And uh, Raoul has uh, unfortunately become a bit of a hero for Noah. And um, obviously a terrible role model as far as I'm concerned. And um, he's very much got into finance, but has had to teach himself as he became a teenager. He literally, so he, he's obsessed with DMARC, but he was trying to himself, but he was trying to work it out on his own, you know, because at that age, he didn't have the money to buy, to, um, to go on courses. He's not working at a bank. And so one of the things that we had in our, in our minds when we talked about developing this course was something that could be gifted, that could be um, something that, you would give to your children or, or to a friend um, in order to help them on that journey. Give them a real kickstart and a platform for learning. So I would, if if you did that or if anyone did that, I think that would be such an endorsement of one of the guiding principles of this course that it would be, 
it would be immensely rewarding uh, for me personally anyway, because um, this is about helping people as much as possible and, and gifting would be very much part of that. I mean, interesting, yesterday, a good friend of ours, Damien Magnus, if you remember from yeah, Javier, yeah. he hit me up on WhatsApp saying, uh, I want to get it for Maximo, my son. I'm like, go for Aww. it. Um, and I think that's right. And, you know, some various people hit me up on Twitter today saying, hey, listen, I want to start gifting this. Can you sort out a gift program? I hit George up and said, George, what are we doing about gifting? He says, it's on the roadmap to get this get sorted out as fast as possible because everybody's saying, I want to give it to my kids. I want to give it to my friends. I want to give it to people because we're giving them a gift of knowledge and that knowledge, yeah. the risk reward of, of the cost of signing up for Real Vision versus the upside it can make to your life is enormous. And it's, a, it's incredible risk reward. And so it just helps people. So everyone can be like Damien's children. Everyone can have an Uncle Raoul. <laughs> oh god forbid <laughs> that makes me very happy that's fair <laughs> Damien won't sleep tonight <laughs> the nightmares oh the nightmares but I think Raoul's point is very good that the gift isn't actually the course the gift is knowledge the gift is is being better prepared for the rest of your financial journey for the rest of your life that's actually what you are gifting yeah and I think the people who are listening to this can hear in, in everyone's voices, look, obviously Real Vision is a business, but this is really a passion for us. It's something that we're excited about. It's something that we're thrilled to be able to participate in. Uh, and it's just an incredibly exciting time, I think, at Real Vision uh, to be a member of that community. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't a passion, we wouldn't have given it out to free to tens of thousands of members. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we would have we had a charge. No, tens of thousands of members have now got the gift of this for free. Um, gentlemen, thank you for granting me the opportunity to speak again. I, um, you know, I had a follow on thought that I just wanted to like, if there's a suggestion box for the Real Vision Academy, um, something that's kind of given me an edge in this space is um, I had a deep software background. Uh, working for Fortune 100 companies 20 plus years. Um, understanding the value of scale. So I'm by no means a maxi, and I think that it's super critical in this space to be sort of um, detached and just coldly analytical as you evaluate all of this tech, right? But I think software engineers have an extra edge, but I think the loudest voices in the space are sort of a combination of TradFi, Macro, you guys, and rightly so, um, and old money crypto, because they understand a lot of the cycles. But I think an often ignored voice in the space is just people that understand how to architect scaled hmm. uh, software. And so I, I've built my position in crypto because I had that edge. And so like I bought Solana the day it hit the market. That that gives you, you know, like, I think something, and I'm not shilling myself here because there's a lot better coders and architects out there than myself, but I think the Real Vision team could really use just like a, a deep understanding of architecture and software. And rather than just going, well... Max, are, Max, are you volunteering? <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm probably not the right guy. Like, you could probably find somebody way better than myself. But it's just a, it's a, it's a constant gap I see. Is there's old money crypto, and then there's macro experts, and there's uh, traders, 
but software software experts are like I listen to a guy like Anatoly Yakovenko, and I've worked on projects where you scale from twenty thousand concurrent users up to 100,000, and then you have to rip it all up and redesign it from the ground up with 30 engineers that cost six figures. I have to hire for that. You need all of, like in order to build from 100 to 5 million and then to 5 billion. So I can look at a white paper and I can go, okay, this scales. I can look at um, sharding versus uh, a layer one that's not sharded and I can go, okay, composability kind of breaks here. And I think that you guys could really augment the quality that comes out of the real vision. Um, I I guess arsenal, (laughs) if you had, you need some art software architects, if you pull them in, they can, they can help you read between the lines on some of these projects and help you quickly cut out ones that may not be as successful as others, just from a technical standpoint. So, Max, you're you're speaking my you're speaking my language, and um, I I love doing the technical deep dives myself, uh, and it's uh, it's super fun for me. And I would say also Santiago Velez uh, on the Real Vision platform has done some really wonderful pieces uh, about some of the scaling problems uh this is obviously not a new problem obviously people who've been involved in in web 2 and um software as a service know the challenges that can happen when uh you are successful and some of the scaling issues that can can come is just as a consequence of some of the of the software issues um but i really want to get uh to uh to terry here uh, who's had his hand up or her hand up for some time uh terry why don't you jump in please uh ask your question yeah, thank you. Firstly, I'm honored to be able to speak to Raoul Powell and uh, Real, the Real Vision team. Anyway, so I have two questions. My first question is, when do you think and if do you think uh, crypto will decouple from the traditional markets and, and why? Great. So my simple answer to that, it's always been decoupled. It's only what time horizon you look at does the coupling occur. So when you've got massive liquidity drain, everything is correlated. Bonds, are correlated to oil, are correlated to equities, are correlated to um, high yield, are correlated to emerging markets, are correlated to the dollar, are correlated to crypto. However, when you zoom out of the liquidity cycle, crypto is not correlated at all. If I look at it, you know, over the last <clears throat> over the last ten years since Bitcoin started, it's outperformed every single asset by ninety nine point nine percent. Ethereum in the last five years has outperformed everything else by 90% in the last, sorry, in the last three years alone. So the correlation is down to time horizon and liquidity cycle. So that's the macro. That's why macro and crypto are the same thing. But you're dealing with a secular network adoption model, which is non-correlated in a long time horizon. So if you take up the, the weekly chart of Bitcoin over the last five years and look at it versus anything else looks nothing like it. But when you look at it in the micro term and the micro term in crypto land for me is, you know, on a day-to-day basis over the last year and a half, they look correlated. That's the macro that's correlating it in the short term. Thank you, Ralph Hold. Uh, that was a uh, really insightful. Uh, now, my second question before I step down is uh, within, uh, what is it? The circles that you used to run. I don't know if you carry, if you keep up with a, uh, I guess some of the people are, I guess, uh, in the higher echelons. 
such as Goldman Sachs, etc. But you know, what what is their take from uh, uh, from your perspective, and what 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 are they saying between themselves? So, a large majority of my peer group from the macro hedge fund world, people like Alan Howard, Dan Tapiero, Dan Moorhead, they've all gone to crypto. Every macro fund that I know have all started crypto books. Every single investment bank has got a crypto team. Every single investment bank has created units to allow access to their customers to crypto, trading desks, and how to apply it to their own uh, ledgers in various parts of the financial system. Every single supranational body, like the European Investment Bank, is, has vast teams of people working on how they can use blockchain for the securities industry. Every single asset management firm I've spoken to is either analyzing the space or dipping the toe in their space. Every single family office that I deal with has looked at the space. I would guess something like 50%, maybe 60% have started investing in the space. So, okay, so then there's people like headline names like Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon hates Bitcoin. Yeah, he doesn't like Bitcoin. And quite a few people don't like Bitcoin because of the narrative around it being a new system of money, global system of money. They don't like that. It's a threat. When you ask Jamie Dimon, and I have personally, about the rest of the crypto world, he's like, it's fascinating. We've got huge teams at JP Morgan building this. So they all get it. You know, people like Goldman, I mean, Goldman are very fast to understand this. They've been involved in the space since 2015, building internally, analyzing it looking at teams, figuring out what to do. So there is zero pushback, really, to, to blockchain. Um, it's what they're doing is dancing between the regulators, their customers, without moving too far, so, because people aren't ready for it. There's a whole bunch of things going on, but all I see is wall-to-wall adoption. Mm. Thank you, Paul, very much. Uh, thanks for answering my questions, and and uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was great speaking to you. Cheers. Thanks. thanks for the question, and thanks for joining us, Harry. Uh, Crypto Mage, go ahead with your question, please. Uh, thanks, Ash. Uh, this is be uh, my last question that I, I wanted to ask, and then I'll step down to allow someone else to to step up. But um, Raul, in um, what does a world um, what does the world look like where? everyone is wrong about blockchain and crypto if and this is a big if but i I like to question things at times too and i know you do this um a part of your macro framework but what does that look like and it's a big if if, sorry i missed that i was trying to pin where where in the caribbean your accent's from oh i'm actually from jamaica (laughs) oh there we go i'm i'm going to jamaica tomorrow uh, friday all right have fun man (laughs) will do right sorry can you repeat your question so I'm just saying, if everyone is wrong about blockchain and crypto, what would that world look like, and why? Why would they be wrong? That's great. Great question. You know, the honest answer to that is I have no idea. I, I just don't see it. It's like saying everyone is wrong around the internet. We've just poured sixty billion dollars of VC into this space in the last eighteen months. We've got. As I said, every investment bank, every asset manager, pretty much every major brand in the world working on this. I, I think we're far beyond every central bank is working on a central bank digital currency. Visa is using it. 
Um, I, you know, I just don't see a world where this does not happen now. I just, I don't, I just simply don't see it. You get beyond that that stage in the adoption curve where total failure risk disappears. You've had your Lindy moment, and from then on, it's all adoption. So, I wish I could answer your question any other way. I just do not see it. All right. Thanks much, Raul. Thanks much, guys. Great platform. And um, can't wait to start the course. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Crypto Manager. Thanks. Tango, can you hear us, Tango? I think Twitter is playing its favorite party game of kicking people out. Uh, it looks like uh, we've got a little bit of a lull here because I think we are losing folks when they come up on stage for some uh, tech reasons. Um, well, we've just gotten a lighthearted darkness. Go ahead with your question, please. Um, Welcome. How are you doing, guys? Good, good. Um, like what I can see about the crypto and technology, what I say to people, technology go only one way, forward. That is my thinking, you know. And I have been hearing every single of you guys and I forget. I I I've heard before about real visit in other um, channels and stuff. And what I can tell, and I see the the, the, the how is it the, the the whole picture about everything. And right now we're going to a liquidity crisis. So the best way to fix the liquidity crisis is crypto. Is my way of thinking and. One question that I got for you guys, when the stock market is going to change completely and be updated in crypto, like using the blockchain, when you guys think that that is going to happen? Yeah, I, I can tell you this. I spoke to Sam Bankman-Fried. Currently, blockchain is not fast enough. The amount, the sheer amount of volume that goes on in equity markets is too big for current blockchain rails. So we're waiting for either the ability to shard, create even faster layer twos or faster blockchains, um, that that becomes a possibility. So people are working on it. People are trying to solve elements of it. But right now, the technology is just not ready. So it's still, as they say, always in crypto. We're, we're still early. Average human, go ahead with your question, please. Uh, yeah, so this is actually, uh, if you see my avatar, that's my first NFT. I haven't quite figured out how to hook it up with Twitter yet, but I got it in OpenSea, so pretty easy. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I just look for an average white guy that kind of looked like me, and, and this one fit. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to see, like, what sort of proof of dot, dot, dot is, is going to be dominant or if you think it's going to be a mix and if it's a mix, like a proof of work, proof of stake or even Chia, proof of storage, what, which ones seem viable to you? Ash, you can have this one. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great question. In fact, I was just talking about it on Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing today. Uh, for the foreseeable future, I think it's going to be a mix. Bitcoin is going to remain proof of work uh, for the foreseeable future. Indeed, what makes Bitcoin Bitcoin is the proof of work consensus algorithm. But it's very clear with Ethereum and the merge that proof of stake is becoming uh, very much a rising force for a whole series of different reasons. Uh, the ability to monetize, uh, obviously, the 
far better ESG profile, which is an incredibly important component to this story, uh, and also some of the advantages it offers, I think, in in structuring a yield curve uh, for uh, for forward rates. And, and Raul has talked a bit about this. Um, and so I, I think that it's going to be a mix of different mechanisms for the foreseeable future. I think Bitcoin is going to remain uh, precisely as it is in uh, all of its core constructs for some time to come, particularly because it's you know, seen as the gold standard as a store of value in the crypto space. Uh, but I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see different permutations, uh, as you suggested, average of, uh, of, of, of proof of, of stake uh, and, um, and, and different sort of uh, implementations of that going forward. But Ethereum is going to be a really key driver for that when we see the merge, uh, which is scheduled to come uh, in September. Also, just I want to quickly add is Ash just dropped something that most people aren't aware of yet because we're just in beta test mode. Uh, Real Vision daily crypto briefing is extraordinary. It's, you know, our ambition, like the Real Vision daily briefing, which is the world's best daily finance show. This is going to be the world's best daily crypto show. It's kind of none of the noise, all of the signal. Um, so if you get it, you'll see it. it's free on tw- it's live on Twitter. It's on YouTube. It's on the Real Vision platform. Just go to realvision.com forward slash crypto. And then you'll get emails every time it comes out and you can watch all the other free content there. But it's an extraordinary show that Damien's helped design with Ash and Nico. Uh, Ash is hosting it and a whole bunch of others. So th- there's a lot in that. So urge people to uh, to watch that every day because it's an amazing show. Yeah, right now it's uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to be expanding that hopefully to five days a week soon. Uh, and it's something that you're going to be hearing a lot more about, uh, something that we're really passionate about, uh, covering the daily cycle uh, in crypto and providing the kind of analysis that we do on the capital market side on Real Vision Daily Briefing. Uh, so with that said, we've got another question from DJDO. Hi. How, how's everyone? Hi, welcome. Hi, uh, I've got a got, um, question. Um with the current geopolitical situation, with a potential war with Taiwan, Ukraine, etc., what's the current? Um, what would be the current vision of investment with the current situation in in where it's going, or potential where it's going? That sounds like a great round macro question. The the answer is, is I have no idea. So. Geopolitics isn't unknown. What you think you know, you read in newspapers, you read off Twitter, is not what the NSA or MI6 or the Chinese or the Russians know. So you're acting with almost total imperfect information and propaganda. So I would ignore it. Use the frameworks that the Real Vision Investing, the Real Investing course gives you, which is how to manage risk, how to size your positions, how to identify the right trends, um, how to use technical analysis to give you confidence in your investing. Focus on that and don't focus on the stuff that you can't know. Uh, that's a big thing and a lot of people get caught out trying to trade geopolitics and what they're trading is their own inherent biases or the biases of the media that they read. So it's a, it's a very important point. It's, you, you need to know what the signal is and what the <laughs> That, that, thank you very much. That's, that, that's really great. Um, as far as the NFC spaces, um, have you any um, guidance as to where the best sort of channels will be 
NFT wise in the current climate. Um, I think you're breaking up a little bit, um, but it sounds like the question, Raul, is about uh, NFTs. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering. um, Oh, you're back. Great. Yeah, yeah, with the NFT space being so busy at the moment, um, everyone's sort of NFT this, NFT that. Where where do you see NFTs uh, best sort of investment? Energy would be best placed at the moment. Uh, I'm going to ask the same way. I have no idea. The, the NFT space is moving so fast. It's so complex, and I don't focus enough on it. So I'm just not really an expert. And the, the general tools that I use for my own investing, whether it's charts, economic analysis, data analysis, all of that stuff, doesn't really is not really developable yet in NFT space. So I'm kind of blind. So I just, I bought some NFTs because I'm interested and I want to learn. But um, my investing framework basically has zero value in NFT world apart from the old macro framework. So it's very difficult because it's a whole different world out there. Yeah, you know, to build on what Raul just said, totally agree. Uh, And it's early in the crypto space. It's earlier than early in the NFT space. I'm not even sure that we know what NFTs are yet. Um, we understand that it's a, a container for information, for data, a cryptographic fingerprint that is unique. But in terms of what the ultimate implementation is going to be, I suspect if we could fast forward uh, to 2032, when we were talking about NFTs, I think we'd be surprised at what our understanding was in 2022. Uh, this idea that, uh, that that NFTs, I think as most people think of them, um, are kind of digital collectibles, digital art I think that's going to be an important part going forward, but by no means the only use case. And I think it's a space that's just so incredibly early and something that's important to keep our eye on, which we will continue to do, of course, um, on Real Vision Crypto. Let's go next to Mr. Ismail. Yeah, um, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Yeah, um, um, I'm actually um, speaking from um, Africa. Or, I mean, to be precise, West Africa. Cool. Um, Whereabouts I've in West been... Africa? I love, I love West Africa. Yeah. I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Where are uh-huh. you? <laughs> yeah, um, Ghana. Oh, lovely. I spent time in yeah. Senegal, Mali, um, all over West Africa. So. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Rao. <laughs> You know, I've I've been following you so much, um, right from Twitter, from um, Rovishin, uh Crypto. Um, my 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 question is, um, you know, most of us in West Africa, um, we actually, you know, we 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 barely make a living. Uh, you know, regards to the work that we do, uh, most of us don't even make, um, I mean, even about two hundred bucks. Uh, but yes, so we 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 still believe in crypto. And most of my friends, I try to convince them about, um, you know, Bitcoin and about um, Ethereum. Uh, most of them are like, oh, th- I mean, um, there is nothing. You know, they don't, they, don't, they don't actually believe in that. And for some of us that we want to invest in um, crypto, we look at it, um, let's say, uh, uh, with the Bitcoin and then with the Ethereum. Most of us are like, the, the price is, is, is too high. So my question is, um, can we choose any other you know crypto tokens that we can invest in to be precise um, that that's that's what i want to ask yeah so the big 
thing here to learn is that it doesn't matter what the price is. You and I can both invest 5% of our monthly paycheck because it goes fractional. So All right. you can buy whatever the equivalent. So we will get exactly the same amount of upside to our, to our net worth as a percentage okay. together. And that's hugely oh, democratizing. Okay. As opposed to oh, a okay. share of Apple where you have to buy a full share. Yes, there are some places you can buy a fractional share. So ignore one Bitcoin costs 20,000 and think, I can put five bucks into this and somebody else who earns twice as much as you can put 10 bucks in and you're both on the same playing field in terms of the ability to make returns from it. That's really empowering. And also the other thing is, remember, Ghana has a really special thing, which is same as with uh, large parts of Nigeria, is huge English-speaking populations, very well-educated, and technology investment in, in Ghana, Nigeria, all over West Africa is exploding. The ability for you to be able to get a job in this space, in this new world where the workforce can be distributed, is extraordinary. And you can get paid very close to Western wages by working in Ghana if you develop the skills to operate in this space. That is an entire game change because before a company like Microsoft would come to Ghana and pay my, uh, Ghana wages. Now you can compete for wages on a globalized paying field, particularly in this Web3 world. Okay. Wow. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Ismail. And it's, it's so cool to be able to have these truly global conversations and to have these perspectives from all over the world and to talk about this global technology on a global platform like Twitter. It's just a, it's just a pleasure to yeah. get to do it. Um, thank you again. Uh, next You're question comes from Steve. Uh, Steve, if you can hear me, go ahead with your question, please. Hey, guys. Thanks uh, for letting me in. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Perfect. Uh, I'm not sure how to frame my question, but I guess what brings the average person into buying crypto and using it? I know Rial said um, before about Visa is using it. So everyone will be coming in and using Visa, but they don't actually need to own crypto for crypto. So what's the use case for the average person? Well, you don't need a use case if it's running on the rails. You don't need to see it for you to use it. If you transfer money from, it sounds like you're in Australia. Yes. Um, if you send money from Australia to the UK and it goes across blockchain, you have no idea, you don't care, but it works because it's efficient and ultra fast and super cheap. Yeah. So a lot of people will be using blockchain rails when Royal Bank of Australia will bring out a central bank digital currency as Singapore's already done and, um, and other countries are rolling out you'll be using blockchain. So every when you go to a concert, when you go to a concert, you'll be using an NFT ticket. When you buy music, eventually, you'll be buying, you have the ability to either stream the music for free or to own a share of the IP of the music by owning an NFT. Mm. You'll be able to buy um, specialty goods and brands within NFT world, much like people do in gaming world already. So the number of applications are almost limitless. Yep. Real estate will go onto the blockchain. 
the securities industry will go into the blockchain. Um, every contract, most contracts will go onto the blockchain because that's what a smart contract is. It's the ability to have a unique contract and then have verification of that contract, transferability and a system of value. So if you imagine that you book a hotel room because you're flying to London, suddenly you have to cancel your flights right now, you lose your hotel room. Yep. Hotel rooms will be NFTs. So therefore, you suddenly go, oh, shit, it's a week before I was going to lose my money. You would just put it on a site. You offer your hotel room. You get paid. The hotel gets a cut. Everybody, the market clears. That is an efficient use of capital. The same will happen for, um, for plane tickets. That will come too. Yeah. So the, the, the number of uses for this is literally yeah. exponential. It's like yeah. saying, well, I don't need email for the internet. Well, we ended up all using email. But Christ, did we use the internet a yeah. lot? I guess, yeah, that's where I didn't know how to frame my question. So people will be using it. So people would only invest in crypto to make money, um, essentially. So they won't actually physically, like, say my parents, they won't be actually buying crypto. They'll only be investing in it. There's no reason for them to buy it so, unless they want to be growing wealthy. In that so network. buying buying a cryptocurrency yeah. is buying a slot on that blockchain. Yeah. So it's like being able to buy a share of the internet. Yeah, okay. So investors are attracted to that because they want to see that network grow and therefore the value of the network grow. If you are a user like Visa, you have to, have a, um, you have to use Bitcoin or, or whatever blockchain it is, token it is, because you need to use that network. So there is always a user because somebody has to pay for the place on the blockchain. Yeah. And then, so your parents don't need to invest in it yeah. to use the technology. So purely, but yeah. should they choose to, they can. Yeah, yeah. So purely, it's only to basically. I'm just seeing a lot of people like trading shit coins, as they say, to try and make money. Um, and I got a lot of people saying like, "Why in crypto?" And as you said, it's going to be everywhere. Um, and then just my last question about Ethereum being obviously the most decentralized uh, and the safest so far. Everyone, will all the big businesses move to that model and will move to, to using Ethereum, you think? Because obviously that's the safest. Like if you have a multi-million dollar business, you would use the security of Ethereum and not a small chain. Or do, do they have, I guess, the network ability to create their own chain? Same with government. Do they start to use Ethereum as security for all those things you're talking about? Or is it they can create their own network of systems and own blockchain sorry and do it that way it's going to be a multitude of all sorts of different solutions yep. um you know some people want the ultra security that ethereum or even more so the bitcoin blockchain offers um but they're slower and more expensive other people want the speed yeah other people want the the programmability other people want all sorts of elements and so it'll be a broad base you know we might see a bunch of insurance companies get together and create their own blockchain application on top of another blockchain because they want to validate between themselves and they don't need other validators because they want 20 insurance companies to validate every single insurance contract. That will probably happen as well. Yep. So there's, there's a whole number of different ways that this will play out, and it's not a zero-sum game. Yep. What it is is the pie keeps growing. Perfect. So over time, you'll probably see Ethereum's share of the overall space go down because other blockchains will get more adoption over time. Uh, same as Bitcoin dominance has gone down over time. And it's not a thing about people don't like Bitcoin. It's like there are other options to use for different purposes. 
Mm. Great question, Steve. I wanted to move on to Barracuda. Barracuda, if you can hear me, go ahead, please. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, Welcome. Yeah. So with the with the Real Vision Academy, just a question to that really quick. So everything I was trying to scroll through the website and look at all of the options and putting in the creating a profile and everything just to get to the next step of this. But um, so is there any integration of NFTs or crypto as far as like payment or um, you know, use utilizing NFTs like in your program, not just about um, you know investing in crypto or NFTs, but actually using it in the future of saying creating additional um, you know utility or something like that that people have access to certain things that they can't just get by the normal course price. Yeah, let me answer some of that, and George can answer some of that is we've already got a Real Vision NFT, our Genesis NFT. Um, we will be moving towards NFT certification for the course at some point. Uh, we will create sub-communities over time with NFTs. So, you know, it's, a, it's an important part of community, disseminating community and doing all of this stuff. So, George, any, any answers? Because it's come up a few times, both crypto payments and stuff like NFTs. Uh, no, I think you summed it up perfectly. Yeah, thank you so you much. We'll be coming Sorry. down the line. Yeah, I came in the conversation late, so I'm just catching up. Oh, it's no problem. It's definitely something that we've been thinking about uh, for sure, uh, Barracuda. It's an interesting space and obviously one uh, that I think you're going to be hearing about more in the future. I know it's getting late, especially in Europe. I wanted to just give everyone from Real Vision an opportunity to wrap here uh, a little bit We've covered a lot of ground. We've talked uh, about a great number of topics. Let's just go through around the horn real quick, if we could. Uh, George, Maggie, Damien, jump in. Give us some thoughts. We've heard a lot from people in the audience. It's great to be able to have this dialogue uh, with Real Vision subscribers and people who are interested in Real Vision. What were your thoughts, some of your takeaways from this conversation? Uh, this is Damien. Um, I think... From listening to people's questions, one of the things that I'm taking from this is that many newcomers to finance, their journey is often beginning nowadays with crypto. And they're seeing crypto as a, as a kind of a, a world that is very separate to the existing financial system. And I think as, as a Raoul and a few others have pointed out and, and shared with us, there's actually a lot of understanding that goes from one space into the other and that what we need to be doing within real vision is helping people who are at that stage of their journey understand how these rules these learnings whether it's time horizons or position sizing or whatever it might be are just as relevant for the crypto space as they are for the traditional finance space it's just something that i'm taking on board as a as a as a mental point for us to be better at communicating to people because that's where many people are starting their journeys in the, in the crypto space. So thank you to everybody for those questions, because even now it's helping me think about how we can improve some of our communication and maybe relook at some of the aspects of the course as we go on. Yeah, yeah that's definitely one of the observations. I think the second one is, but maybe that's just me, but I kind of feel like people are still asking about trade ideas across the board. And 
you just really need to be mindful that whether that's on this basis or whether it's from a newsletter or whatever it is, whatever you hear, that's probably the last time you're going to hear about it. So you need to figure out how you're going to manage that position on your own. And you just start making those decisions the moment you put that position in your portfolio. So it's not so much about the position itself and the trade idea. It's more about how you manage it afterwards and the decision you make independently of who gave you that idea. Yeah. Well said. Before we go to Ralph for final thoughts, Maggie, jump in. I know you've been listening. Uh, yeah. It's been fascinating. And I think the thing that jumps out at me is that the, the really exceptional thing about this community is that almost everyone really has a growth mindset um, and they want to learn. They ask questions. Um, they're always probing what they don't know. And when, when we talk to all of the exceptional and really successful investors and fund managers that we have on the platform, that's the thing they have in common. And on the podcast, they want to talk about their failures. They're always kind of testing their thesis. They have a growth mindset. So, you know, for that, I think they're already ahead. And I know Raoul's talked about this. I'm really excited to sort of tap into the community and that hive mind and learn from each other. Um, and I think it's going to be fantastic. So that's my takeaway from listening to these amazing questions that people have been asking. Wonderful. Before we go to Raoul for final thoughts, I just want to say, I don't think we've mentioned the price, uh, but it is $399. Uh, this is a special offer that runs through August 7th. That's this Sunday, August 7th. To learn more, head over to the pinned tweet at the top of the Real Vision Twitter page. Uh, please go and check it out if you're interested. It's been a real pleasure to get to have this dialogue with you. Raoul, an incredible conversation tonight with people from literally all over the world. Just just an extraordinary to hear the level, as uh, as Damien and George alluded to, of the learning tribe, asking learning questions. It's just a pleasure to be a part of this. Final thoughts from your perspective at this conversation. I think what George and Damien said is what really struck me is we've got we've got an even bigger job to do. I can hear it from the questions. I can hear it with people not sure is even explaining what the course does and how it can help you. We've got to do that better because people don't understand. And we've also, because we're trying to be community driven here, here we are talking to you know large numbers of people in the community. And as Damien said, they're coming from a different journey. They're coming in from crypto and realizing, oh shit, I need to understand macro because it's just sideswiped me and I didn't know this because everybody told them it was uncorrelated. Right. And it's combining these learnings in a way that is applicable, as Damien first started this all with, applicable for you in your journey. And we've just identified a place that is, we haven't done that link well enough, and it's pretty easy to fix. So we can do that. George already has planned out a whole bunch of stuff about crypto learning. Um, and so we will, that, that's rolling out as it is. But it's also just, you know, the other point you raised, we're speaking to people in Australia, in Ghana, in the US, in the UK, in their hotel rooms in Manchester where the fire alarm's going off. <laughs> A, how special the Real Vision community is, how global it is, and how our mission to democratize the very best financial knowledge is working. Yeah. And that's magic. And that's why we all spent so much time and George spent, you know, 
years doing this as did Damien to build this thing out. And once you get to speak to people and hear their pain points, we can see how we can try and solve them and give them that knowledge. And to me, this is what we come into work for. It's what makes Real Vision a really exciting place. And it just confirms we're on the right path and we just need to keep helping people. Yeah. Uh, so well said, Raul. And I think the only place that we can leave it is, and the conversation will continue. The community will continue to be part of this process uh, and this will continue to evolve and get better. Definitely. Raul, Damien, George, Maggie, thank you both. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. And thank you, of course, uh, to the many hundreds of people uh, who listened to this conversation all over the world and who participated by adding their thoughts and their questions. We really appreciate it. It's the lifeblood of everything that we do at Real Vision. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks, Lauren. Thank, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Thanks. Damien and George. I know it's super late and I really appreciate it. It was a real big thing for the community for you guys to be here. So thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Ash. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.